House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. And of course, I'm Al Warren, and uh, my co host today is Mr. Michael Jack the Ripper Holly. That is correct, Al. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. You know, surviving. Surviving yeah. the COVID, you know. This, you said, have you had it for a week now, right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's been a week, and I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> oh. as, as I said, when I had it, it was all about hydrating with the Pedialyte, and it really saved me. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Got to take care. Got to take care. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, but, you know, moving on. Now, today we've got uh, another great writer here who's done uh, – uh, a new book. This is book eight of her series. It's uh, called A Mind to Murder. And it's, of course, her Emmeline Kirby Gregory Langdon mystery series. And uh, welcome to the show, Daniela Burnett. Thank you for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. Nice speaking so, with you, Daniela. Yeah, hi. So, Daniela, now uh, you got into book eight. Um, yes. do, do you have this pre- kind of planned ahead of time? Did you know you wanted to do a book eight when you had seven out? Or just this sort of something that comes up all of a sudden? Well, I mean, I had a series in mind when I started the first book. So uh, I leave a little something in one book, develop more in the next book. Um, and I, I like to leave something hanging on the last page of the previous book to have readers want to read what the next adventure, but also to help set me, to propel me on the path for the next book. So um, when I was doing seven, I definitely had eight in mind. <laughs> Oh, um, wow. So how, how do you start a series like this when you have eight books in it? Um, is this something that it, it just kind of came to you a long time ago and you knew there was going to be quite a few books to the series and you knew what you wanted to do? It, did, was that all in you somewhere ahead of time? <laughs> Yeah, it was, you know, it it started with, you know, first you develop the characters because character is what drives your story. So once I had my two protagonists in mind, Emmeline Kirby, who's the editorial uh, director of investigative features at the Clarion newspaper in London, and her now husband, Gregory Longdon, who's a jewel thief slash insurance investigator. Yes, I had them both in mind. Once I had their um, character sketches in my mind, then their stories, their adventures came easily because I, I knew how I wanted them to interact and how I wanted them to grow and develop in each book. Do you, do you actually experience your characters firsthand? Do you like see them, feel them, hear them and all that? Or are you not that type of writer? Well, I mean, to a certain extent, I think all authors are that way because you have to completely understand your character and their flaws and their good qualities um, so that you know how they would react um, in a certain situation or what situation to drop them into um, to create tension, to um, have the cauldron of trouble boil and bubble more. So... Um, character is is essential and for a, an author to know every facet of the character 
um, is is essential so that you can create the story, the, the, create their story because they're telling me their story, um, and I'm putting that on the page. Do you find it as easily exciting to you to write a character that's say evil or bad or bad intent as it is to someone that's good? Yes, I think so because I mean my um, my villains. I want to show they have to be clever and intelligent uh, as a, a contrast, a portrait in contrast to Emmeline and Gregory, who you know are on the side of good, although there are shades of gray with Gregory since he's a jewel still. Right. I wanted, I wanted to have that distinct line because I mean the villain has to be intelligent too to pose a challenge for Emmeline and Gregory as they solve the crimes, as they follow the leads to um, capture and ensure that justice is done in the end. But you, so do you want your readers to uh, kind of root or be in, in behind any of the, the bad characters? Do you ever kind of do that? I don't think so. <laughs> my, my, my villains, I'd like the, the, the villain in this story, her name is Verena Penrose. The darkest corner of hell is, is too good for Verena. So uh, I, I want my readers to hate her, hate her and uh, my other villains as much as, um, as I do. <laughs> I mean, I have fun creating evil villains because I know in the end, Emmeline and Gregory will get them. <laughs> <laughs> I always find that an interesting kind of um, concept because so many people in the world, you know, when they're watching or reading a book or, or seeing a movie or show about someone and, and there's a bad character that's well-developed as well as good characters. And quite often it turns out where people kind of root for the bad character. And I always find that to be an interesting way of writing and, and you know, to put something that makes you, feel for the for the bad person maybe this is why they're so evil but i yeah i guess that's not what you're doing but that's i just well, I, you know well i try to you know as i explain the um murderers mo motivations or the criminals motivation because it's not always a murder um you have to understand why in the end the criminal did whatever uh the uh, they were they were accused of you have to understand their point of view because everybody uh, has their own point of view why they're doing something they don't uh, i mean obviously the criminal doesn't think that he or she is doing anything wrong you know they have their uh, justifications for that and i want the reader to understand what from the villain's point of view what his or her justification is but in the end you know the justice has to be served and the culprit has to pay for the crime. I mean, it's, it would go against uh, an ordered world if a criminal is not brought to justice. So you have the criminal definitely lack remorse as well. So yes. he's definitely a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. He or she has to go to jail or punished for whatever the crime was. I gotcha. Do you think of real people you know when you when you create these characters, or do you take from people you see in the world, perhaps, or something? Do you take parts of who this person is that's really bad and kind of go, well, you know, and you kind of put them in into your character? Well, I think all characters are a bit of the author they put into the into the 
the villain or the the uh, the hero. But um, I just want to remind you on this token of that old saying: never get an author mad because you will be the next murder victim in her book. So <laughs> just keep that in mind. <laughs> That's right. So next time you're out reviewing one of one of Daniela's books, make sure you're nice. So, Daniela, though, you're talking to people that write nonfiction, so if that really happened, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, only murder people on the printed page. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. It's cleaner, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> True. yeah. No, I don't get my hands messy. You know, I just plot it all out, but I only yeah. kill people on the printed page. Yeah, it's easier <laughs> that way, much easier. Mm -hmm. Now, um, it, I find it interesting. So... It, the story itself, so you're focused, you're really focused on the characters. So the story itself, in a way, is kind of a way of, um, let's say, uh, having your characters grow or go through a challenge, and that's sort of when you get to know something about them. Um, yeah. it, it, so it, it must be very, um, you have to be particular about what kind of growth you want to see them in, like what you want to see happen to them and how they are supposed to come out. Um, is that kind of the main thought behind the, the happening in the story or the book? Well, yes. I mean, it, you, each, in, well, it, it, it has to reflect like what happens in a book has to reflect life. We all in, in life, we encounter different people and uh, um, involved in different situations. And that shapes us in different ways for good or for bad. And that has to be reflected in a book, you know, because a, a story, the stories I tell, the stories that any author tells is a lie because it's not the truth, but it has to reflect real life and the truth so that readers will be encouraged to keep turning pages. So, yes, you know, I, I throw my characters into situations to help them grow or for for me as the author or the reader to see how they would react, how this challenge helps them to move on or is a setback for them. Yeah. Do you ever try to show your good characters um, maybe in not such good light? I mean, and yeah. I'm saying, well, I'm saying it in a sense of, so they get thrown with the challenge, they get hit with something yeah. that happens and they have to get beyond this, but sometimes mm -hmm. they don't always handle it maybe the way they should have. Is that sort of important too? Well, yes. I mean, that's that's equally important because, again, you're trying to reflect things that happen in real life. Gregory, I have Gregory, for example. He's the jewel thief still. Uh, that was what he was born to do. But when he and Emmeline got married, she she gave him an ultimatum that he has to find legitimate employment or she will not marry. He ended up finding a job as an insurance investigator. But life is too dull and he still steals jewels. She and because. A, he needs that adrenaline rush. Does now, she know about it? No, she doesn't. <laughs> she does. She would strangle him. So, you know, he has to balance this line. You know, so I want my readers to like him and to understand him, but yet he has this dark side. And he's still, the secrets of his past are still hovering there in the background and are always a threat to their relationship. So I try to weave that in. I, for example, and to show his darker side and how these um, these uh, secrets impact not only him, but now that he's married to Emmeline, how it could affect her as well. Like uh, two books back in When Blood Runs Cold, 
a nemesis from his past threatened the two of them and how they dealt with that and how they moved beyond that, I tried to show in the book. And in the third book, when their relationship with, it was before they got married and the relationship was still unsteady and the, the landscape of it was changing, I threw someone in from his past that she didn't know about and had a completely uh, big impact on how they dealt with each other and how I wanted to show how they moved beyond that. But secrets are a way in my books that um, pose a challenge, an ongoing challenge for them and their relationship. Wow. So if your readers do not know if in future books, they might be divorced. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like she, she, he left her once before. She's not only do because of his secrets and she always has that fear in the back of her mind that he's going to leave her again. He has a justification in his mind, yeah. but she's always afraid, even though they're married now and she knows he loves her more than life itself. She's always afraid that possibly one day he might leave her again for some non unknown reason. So I would I weave that in as well so that they're moving on, their marriage is developing, and yet there's always that threat in the background. How old are they? He's 42 and she's 31. Okay. Yeah, and when he turns 50, he's going to have a sex change operation. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not quite. Uh, but... Oh, no? Oh, we just, <laughs> we're just guessing. <laughs> Well, I thought, you know, come on, let's, let's <laughs> modernize it some. No. Uh, well, that's interesting. So at the end of the book, is there something you hoping that readers carry away with them that, you know, other than the entertainment, of course? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I leave something on the last page, um, leave them wondering how uh, how Emmeline and Gregory are going to extricate themselves from um, that situation. And that's how I start book nine, which I'm working on. Wow. So um, when you, when you have the evil character here, like the, um, um, do you find it difficult to get into the head of someone so, so evil and someone so bad, like uh, you were mentioning about, you know, uh, darkest corners of hell isn't good enough for her and type thing. Do you, do you have a problem kind of feeling that out when you're writing? Well, I mean, the character, her name is Verena Penrose. She's a, a tabloid reporter who has, um, she specializes in blackmail and salacious exposés. And that is a contrast to Emmeline, who um, wants to ensure transparency and, um, and make sure that the public is aware of news or whatever the news is. So I have that contrast of the good journalist versus the unscrupulous one. So I, that's one aspect of it. But on the other hand, uh, Verena is anti-Semitic and nasty and is arrogant and full of herself. Now, I despise people like that. Um, and, you know, I, I want to show in my book Emmeline's reaction to that, but also for readers to be incensed by that 
type of person because, you know, and anti-Semitism, there's a, a resurgence in the world now, and we can't let people like that or something like that go on. It's just, it's, it's, a chaos in an ordered world and everybody should be incensed by that so i try to show different aspects of that and to make readers angry you know if, and i mean i'm angry with this person or people who react like this so readers should be like that and i want readers to also think about certain things like that and how change should be made to redress that situation yeah, it's, it's, it's a, that's what I mean. It's sort of a, such a difficult thing. So when you're sitting there putting this together and, and writing this character and you're getting angry, and how do you not yeah. kill her? Kill her <laughs> several times. I do. In the end. Well, in yeah, the but, end yes, she does. <laughs> yeah, but throughout. I did. Why not? It's like, okay, I've had enough of you. It's time to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, I just have to ch- uh, decide on the manner of her death, but it's like, Okay, you've you've made me too angry because especially I have a short temper and I'm impatient. So it's like, okay, that's enough of you. Die. <laughs> well, then, uh, but your protagonist, Emmeline, uh, Emmelina, yes. she, Emily. Emily, she tries to then solve that case in a way, right? Yes, because um, as I said, you know, Emmeline is always, and Gregory too, they, they believe that justice should be served. So even though, Verena is so nasty and so despicable. She she feels that she deserves justice. Plus, as I said, in that interaction, in the intermission during the performance at the theater, when they saw her, Emmeline suspects that there was something underneath all the Verena's usual nastiness, that somehow she was asking for Emmeline's help. So that's too tantalizing for Emmeline to give up. She has to find out. And as soon as when they find Emily, um, Verena's body at the theater, they soon come to realize that she uh, tried to uh, make an enemy of the Raven, who's an international assassin who has ties to the Russians and Edda, the um, Basque militant group. So naturally, Emmeline has to find out who this raven is and unmask him and make sure or her and make sure that justice is served. Because even someone as despicable as Verena deserves justice. That's Emmeline's point of view. Plus, she needs to find out the truth. Yeah, international assassin. I don't know if I'd want to try to mess with that one. <laughs> well, Emmeline is the type of, as my readers know, Emmeline is the type of person that plunges into predicaments where angels fear to tread. And that gets her into a lot of trouble. <laughs> well, you know, so what is the hardest thing for you to do? I mean, this is, first of all, you, you're, you're taking place in, in European countries and Europe right. and stuff. So what kind of research or sort of, I don't know, uh, what kind of work do you have to do to kind of lay the groundwork for this? Well, this book, A Mind to Murder, is set in London and Madrid. Now, I've been to London and the UK, um, different parts of the UK, numerous times. So I know them very well. And I've been to Madrid, too. So in my books, I uh, the scenes and the places in my books, I've visited them. So that way, I'm able to give readers uh, a sense of the sights and sounds 
and feel of a place, which I like to do. I, I like to make them feel like they've been transported there. So usually I don't go to a place to do research. It's when I'm somewhere, the place inspires me to set a scene or the history of a city like Madrid or its conflicts with Edda, the Basque met, um, militant group. Those uh, set ideas spinning in my head that help me create the story or help um, guide my story or enrich it even the story that I wanted to tell enrich it even more because every place has uh, a history and I can weave that into my stories. Great. Does that ever sort of get get you a little bit... Um... I mean, because you have to kind of get into the groups, like you were talking about the Basque and stuff like that. So do you ever sort of get a little bit uh, terrified by that sort of getting writing into that sort of thing? Well, sure. I mean, this, these, you know, conflicts and things like or this militant group who killed 800 people during its, its reign, you know, that's terrifying. And but it's, it's current events. It's what's, it's what has been happening. So it's, we have to, be aware of that and so these conflicts to ensure that maybe in the we learn we, i mean we must learn from things like that so these things don't continue to happen so i try to i've always been interested in history and i think as as a as a journalist emmeline's interested in history too because you have to understand the past to under to see how things evolve to the way they are today and hopefully learn from mistakes and ensure that in the future we don't do them. Well, who's your favorite character? Oh, that's difficult. I mean, not, <laughs> I love Emmeline and, and Gregory too. He's very dashing and charming, but I have a soft spot too for superintendent Oliver Burnell of Scotland Yard. He's very gruff and tough and he's always has this cat and mouse game with Gregory because he knows that Gregory's still stealing jewels but he's never um, been able to catch him at it and Gregory always likes to needle him so I have a soft spot for um, Burnell as well and, um, and then of course there's this the, the minor is a subsequent characters you know Philip Atchison of the foreign office who um, is also an MI5 agent and and his wife Maggie, who's Emmeline's best friend, and of course I have fun with Emmeline's grandmother Helen, who who's always is, is mischievous and and adds a little bit of fun to the stories, and she she loves Gregory. So, so some of these characters do go through the books. It's not like uh, you have char those characters kind of like follow your protagonists. Oh yeah, they do because they they help. Um, they're part of the ensemble, part of my storylines. Whether you know, in one book they have a, a greater role um, and or a lesser one in the um, next one. But yeah, they they help to every. I mean, we all as people have our own little groups, our family, our friends, our enemies that we interact with and help shape us and create the stories of our lives. So I try to do that in my books. Right. And I friended Al on Facebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, several times. <laughs> do you understand why um, you find yourself writing books like you do? Like, does, does it, does, is there some meaning for you or something that um, comes back to you every time you finish another novel? 
Well, I mean, I've all since I was a little kid, I've all mysteries and spy thrillers I, I find them exciting and uh, creating twists and turns in my book and just trying to figure it's for me it's always been about the puzzle you know not about the blood and the guts that were spilled but about the puzzle and the clues that the author drops and trying to and not being sent off on a tangent by the red herrings I always found that fun trying to unravel the puzzle and decide who the murderer is before before the sleuths do so that's that's fun for me it's a game then I enjoy doing it and creating my own stories with the different layers and the twists um, to um, keep readers engaged wow. so, so does that mean you'll have uh, anytime you'll have antagonists as serial killers or is that uh... no I don't like that I don't like serial there's certain <laughs> Like like serial killing or child murders or rapes and things like you know more gruesome things like that. I, I don't like that. My my novels, yes, there's a murder, but I don't spend too much time on the blood and guts. And I like to weave in espionage in there because I think again, as I said, I love spy thrillers, so I love weaving that um, in there as well because it, it it's the puzzle again. It comes down to the puzzle and how that unravels. Mm. Are you are you in, inspired by spy thrillers like other people that write those types of novels or movies or shows or things like that? Sure, I think so. Yeah, I I, I think I'm inspired by spy thrillers or um, in terms of mysteries. My favorite, uh, my hero is Agatha Christie. So I think a melding of those two uh, genres is is what I do or I try to do in my books. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating writer. Fascinating. Mm. Um, well, so where do you see yourself going now? So you've got, this is book eight. You said you, you kind of briefed that you've already got nine. In, I'm in, working on it. I'm working on nine now. So. <laughs> wow. So that just sort of, it just sort of one book leads to another, it just sort of lights the fire yeah. then. Right. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the way, you know, that's why I like to leave something dangling on the, the last page to leave readers breathless and also to help move me into my next book, you know, set me on the, the path to the next book and uh, create more trouble for Emmeline and Gregory. So hook in yourself as the author. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I have to, I can't, it's like I have to keep myself busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're making them wait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After wait. And, and yes, but some... anticipation is half the fun. Yes. Wow. That, reading J.K. Rowling's books did that to me. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, no, okay, so now how do people find you? Do you have a website and do you have, like, a social media presence? Where do you like uh, readers to come and, and uh, interact? Sure. Uh, my, my website is daniellaburnett.com, and that's Burnett with an E. And I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Goodreads, uh, on BookBub. And on my website, there's an email address where um, readers can contact me. I, I love hearing from people, so they can send me a little email or interact with me on Facebook. Um, I'm always happy to, to speak to readers about writing, about books, about, about anything. Wow. Okay, we'll have that up as well, so people can find you with one click sure. if they're listening, you know. And it, sure. so you know, uh, you, you're going to start traveling more now. Are you getting out there yet, or are you kind of waiting? Well, I finally the last week in August, uh, first week in September, for my sister and I went to London for that was our first trip in three years. So it, ah. it's 
was nice to be back again. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I love traveling so much. You just, I, I, I love learning about the history of a place or just interacting with the people because you learn so much about their lives and society. It, it's, it's, it's very enjoyable for me. And I grow as a person and I'm always learning. And I think we as human beings are a uh, daily basis. We learn things and are should be open to learning things and be curious about different things and people. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, how's taking the plane? <laughs> oh, it was actually all right. Although I was surprised, you know, mo only a few people wore masks on the plane. It was very strange. And in London, they have no restrictions with uh, masks. Um, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere. I mean, we were wearing the masks in the underground, but everywhere they, they've dropped those restrictions. It was odd <laughs> coming from here where we still have that. And for me, I don't mind. I'm, I'm safe. I, I haven't had COVID. Uh, I've had all my shots and boosters, but still it was odd. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to be careful. And mm. even with your shots and boosters, you can still get it. I can yes, tell I know. You that. Yeah. <laughs> like Al, right? <laughs> I can tell you that. So it happens. But well. it was wonderful seeing London again. It's, it's, I, I've been an Anglophile since I was a little kid. So I, I just love London. It's like, it's, it's like another home for me <laughs> when I go back. It's like, I don't need a map. I don't need anything. I know where I'm going. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Well, it's been a great little conversation with you, and, and uh, I love it that you're just right into it. Your new book, uh, A Mind to Murder, and it's book eight in your yes. Emmeline Kirby Gregory, Gregory Langdon Longdon. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I just had, uh, you know, it's crazy. I had a guest on named, named Langdon. And mm. and so when I was writing that, I was like, <laughs> I find them, you know. Anyway, it's been a real pleasure. So, uh, Daniela Burnett, thank you for being here. Yeah, I had fun chatting. Thank Great you speaking with you. for having me. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.